What is going on? What up, dude? Merry Christmas. Happy New Year's. Yeah, same to you. Uh, Happy Hanukkah. If we have any listeners of Jewish descent, love it. Love it. Yep. Got some good Jews in uh, in our sports with uh, Julian Edelman. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> love him. Um, am I allowed to say? I don't know. I really don't mean it in a bad way. I love the no, Jewish you're, people. No, you're allowed to say I mean, he technically, he is a Jew. Okay, that's good. It's just so. fucking growing up in New England with the worst humans ever. <laughs> 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 Somehow made just the term for what they are derogatory, I think. I don't know. Yep. Anyways, <laughs> do we have any Jewish yeah, yeah. people in the Bruins? Uh, I'm sure there has to be. At least, I would think you know? so. I would think so. But probably not. The I don't Celtics, think they so. make it very known. No, no. Anyways, <laughs> you didn't want to start there. Uh, no, we're dude. We already did it. We're we're moving. We're rolling. So <laughs> fire let's, it up. Let's talk about let's talk about the past week or so. You know, since we've had a few games back um, from. The Christmas break, the Celtics had a game on Christmas. We haven't really talked about that. Yeah, we were. I mean, we were gonna do the postcast, and I was like, "Screw that!" We beat a depleted Raptors team, and then uh, you know, two nights ago, the depleted Raptors team housed us. So, oh yeah. So uh, I don't know. Maybe it's good that we didn't recap that game because there wasn't much to talk about. But now we have both sides of that coin, and to beat them on the road so handily, and then to get our ass handed to us by the same amount of points uh just you know four nights later it's just it was not ideal yeah and i would imagine if they were so depleted for that game i mean i can't i can't picture that many players coming back you know so it's not like they had a a vastly different team coming into that that second game yeah no kyle lowry was like we don't have any players right now and we don't care <laughs> and i was like oh, respect first of yeah. all a lot of respect uh there was a nice little in between game where we handled the cavaliers which is as expected uh right we should handle the cavaliers the highlight from all of this is that i don't know if he's gonna get player of the week but jason tatum has certainly made the argument for Eastern Conference Player of the Week. I think he had three straight 30-point games. Like we talked about last podcast, him and Jalen Brown are really, really, really starting to look like what they can possibly be. I guess they're calling them fire and ice. I don't get it. Uh, I used to love uh, that restaurant in Boston, but now I think it's gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny that you say Player of the Week, because, and you, you thought Jason Tatum is deserving of that. Yes. So it actually was Jalen Brown. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay, so, I totally missed that. I mean, hey. I mean, the Celtics get fine. it. Yeah. I mean, Jalen Brown's playing better. Let's be honest. Uh, he's shoot. He's he's a more efficient shooter. He's more efficient out there. I think his plus or minus is better. Uh, you know, Tatum's hitting those numbers, but he's also doing a lot of shots. Whereas Jalen's sh- missing like three or four shots on like twelve to fifteen attempts, and that's just crazy good basketball. I mean, it's they're fun to watch right now. It's it's cool to see them really shining. So. I had a. I, I just remembered I had a dream last night that we traded Hayward. It was strange, and I, I think I was crying, and I was like, "Why am I upset about this guy who listens to Glenn Beck?" But that's a whole, <laughs> that's a whole other tangent. <laughs> were you were you crying because you were happy or no? I was upset he was upset. gone, and I was like, "Why do you care? He's he's, he's freaking loves Glenn Beck." <laughs> I just had a big big old self reflecting dream last night. Anyway, that's that's a, that's another. Hayward's still on the team. We're good. <laughs> we yeah, yeah. He has not been traded. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, overall, Celtics have been playing pretty well. Um, I think what do they have? Um, Charlotte coming up next. Yeah, we got a we got a gimme tomorrow. Ideally, knock on wood. I should shut up with those words, but we have a pretty. Yeah. We have here. Here's how I'll put it: the next six out of the no, is that the numbers? Yeah, six out of the next seven games are against teams with severe losing records. Hornets, then the Hawks should handle both of those games. Then you got the Bulls. The Bulls weirdly hang in games and are very annoying. They also had, for a while, I don't know, they still got to be up there, but they had the number one offense somehow, which no one understands or expects. <laughs> then you got the Wizards, who have also been hanging around in games and are annoying. Then you got the Spurs, and Popovich is never something to just blink your eyes at. Then we get the Sixers again, and it's time to friggin' beat the Sixers once and for all. And then... New Orleans Pelicans, who have been not great. Yeah, I mean, they, like you said, they, there should be a few. There should be some some wins coming up here. I mean, not that they haven't been winning. They're obviously, you know, great team this year. But these are the games. Like you look at the middle of the season, or a little bit before the middle of the season, I guess. And these are the games you need to win because come time the end of the year, when you need those extra points, if you are, you know, it doesn't seem like the Celtics are going to be in a. Um, they're going to be in a bad spot come playoff time. But no, you never know. No, but these are the points that you need to you need to get. They you, should you secure the second seed, and there's a lot of competition for that seed. And the most direct is the Miami Heat, who are just playing out of their minds. No one yeah. expected this team, and I think I said on the last podcast they have a trade to make too. So they could add a Chris Paul, which I think would be a disaster, but they can add an All Star to this already 24 and 8 team and that would be trouble for us. Yeah, I mean, I, like you said nobody really expected that to be the case this year. So other than that, I mean again, I don't expect a championship this year. Uh it's obvious we should expect the playoffs, but also, you know, the NBA is wide open again thanks to Kawhi Leonard joining the Clippers and not the Lakers. There is no big bad team. Uh there's several big bad teams and they all can hang and they all can play each other so who's to say that next year there isn't another big bad team that a free agent doesn't join one of these mega houses so as much as i also like don't expect a championship there's no reason to not try for it right so seeing the way that the celtics are playing and the way that the east kind of is right now do you think that i know i'm getting a little bit ahead of myself but do you think that it's like Getting to the finals in the East, not not the the finals finals, but getting to the finals in the East um, or bust this year. Like, do you think that it's a um, you know a trash season if we don't make it there? No, no, because the East is so much more competitive than anyone wants to acknowledge. You yeah, know, uh, the Pacers are the sixth seed, and they don't even have Victor Oladipo back. They're going to be annoying. The Sixers are at fifth, and that's much worse than anyone anticipated them being. The Raptors are better than anyone anticipated. It doesn't even really look like they lost a beat with Kawhi Leonard. They're clearly not the most dominant, but Pascal Siakam has made them a relevant team who can also make the Eastern Conference Finals. I think I think one through six can make the Eastern Conference Finals this year, so I wouldn't be – and, I, you know, we've got a pretty mixed bag against all of them yeah. um, in terms of, like, you know, we dropped to the Pacers, we dropped two to the Sixers, we're split – or we're two to one with the Raptors now. And I think we beat the Heat, but it's you know it's been competitive, and we beat the Bucks, which was nice. But well, I, I think it's going to be fun to see how the season shakes out and see how the playoff picture comes, you know, gets put together, and see how far they can actually make it. Because 
with this team, the way that they're playing, there's no way where where they stand right now that they can miss the playoffs. All they have to do is just play consistent throughout the rest of yeah. the year, and then they'll make it. And it should be a good time to see how they how they fend for themselves there. Yeah, like the Magic are the eight seed at fourteen and eighteen, and I'm not concerned about them. And the Nets, I'm definitely not concerned about uh, yeah. with or without Kyrie. Dude. Let's not get into Kyrie. Fuck Kyrie. That's all I'll leave it at. <laughs> <laughs> um, Put you switching I got your number in the rafters right here, you fucking asshole. <laughs> switching uh, gears a little bit to hockey now. We are doing pretty well. Um, we had that little break for Christmas. Uh, but right before we, and the then break. We got gifts. We got gifts around Christmas. We got our we got our pre Christmas gift. Yep. With the with the caps. And then we took both the Sabres games. One yeah. handily, one a little, uh, one on the back of was it DeBrusque with the two? Who had the two? Uh... Yeah, so so that's the funny thing. What I've been reading was uh, as I was leaving the game last night. I typically I'll be like checking Twitter on the train to see some of the things that I missed during the game. Like I I saw that Clifton got hurt last night, but I didn't see how or what happened or when it happened really. Um, so I kind of get filled in on stuff like that that I missed during the game from being there. Uh, I guess DeBrusque got benched in the first. He was not having a good game, and Cassidy kind of handed it to him in the intermission. And it seemed to have worked. I mean, he scored two goals, and I, it was within, like, less than 20 seconds from one another yeah. to put us up three. I think it was 3-1 at that point. Good, let's bench him more. Yeah, seriously, whatever it takes to get him. I've always heard that he's kind of a player that if he gets down – he doesn't really know how to dig himself out of the hole yet. So I think that that comes with being more experienced and being in the league longer. And right. if that works, then, hey, do what you got to do. I agree with that. Uh, how was the atmosphere last night? It was actually a packed – you know, the game was packed. You, all the games are usually pretty, pretty packed. But last night, um, being a Sunday, I think – I feel like After the holiday the games are a little different too with like everyone's in town who's from yeah. out of town and they just like this is their game they get to see the Bruins. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. I mean, it, it was unfortunately, you know, the first period we we somehow were up one to nothing with two shots. We had two shots on net the whole period. That's pathetic. Pucks on um, net, baby. Yeah. It's a theme. We got a theme going here. Dude. A lack of pucks on net. They but they still uh, somehow this team still ends up winning games with no shots. We ended up catching up by the end of it. We did pretty well. Um, Marshan missed a completely empty net alone at the blue line. Hit the post. I don't even know how that's possible. Stevie Wonder could have hit that net. <laughs> um, but, dude, I, we won. That's all that really matters at this point. Yeah. We have what we think is an easy game coming up tomorrow. But we're also kind of depleted with injuries. We still got no no McAvoy, no Krug. Uh, Krejci will not be playing tomorrow. He's not traveling. Do we have timelines on them? Uh, so Krug this morning was skating uh, with the team, practicing, uh-huh. which means good stuff, I guess. I mean, they put yeah. McAvoy on the IR, but I think that's just for roster transactions. They had to pull someone up now that Clifton's hurt, and we still don't have anyone back for defense. So I think that they just kind of had to do that to free up a roster spot. Yeah. So we'll see what happens. I mean, they sent down Carson Kuhlman to Providence. I think my thought is that he is going there for conditioning. 
coming back off that injury. So I would imagine that he's trying to get back into playing form. I mean, you can't just jump into an NHL game all the time. I mean, I guess maybe you could if it was against New Jersey, but maybe he's not quite ready to play professional yet. The kid's a great player. I'm excited to see him come back. So I'm hoping that this is a short, you know, couple games down there, get his feet under him, and then see how it goes. Nice. That'd be good. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, like, we we know not to talk about these easy ones anymore. Uh, yeah, exactly. After our first podcast talking about uh, how we were going to right the ship in Ottawa back on the <laughs> 9th of December. In that 5-2 loss. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think that might have been our trial run. I'm not even sure if that was our real uh, episode we posted. But uh, regardless, it was uh, we've lear- lesson learned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And this Devils team, I don't, uh, you know, I, I uh, it was just crazy. And, I, you know, I got to be honest. I don't, I follow the Bruins pretty good. I kind of keep tabs on the West Coast since I'm out here. I don't follow the rest of the East very much, especially outside our division. Yeah. So I was really uh surprised to see Taylor Hall get flipped from New Jersey. Yeah, I mean um, that was that was surprising to a lot of people because it happened so quickly. I mean it's so far away from a deadline of any sort. Right. But that does make that does make uh Arizona kind of a scary team right now. I don't think that they're ready to win it all, but who's not to say that they can't do that next year? Right. Well and the, also they're hanging. I mean shit, they're yeah. third they're third in the Pacific right now. Right. So no, they're uh, a good team, and they're two. They're two point. They're two points out. They're they're a win out of being tied with gold, the Golden Knights. Also, just yeah. what have we seen a better franchise launch than the Golden Knights? I don't think so. I mean, it, I mean, granted, you and I probably weren't really of sport following age during other uh, franchise launches, but it does. You know, it feels like. I no. mean. We didn't see this with the Ducks. We didn't see this yeah. with the Sharks. We didn't see this with Nashville. You know, none of these teams started out this hot. Right. Not, uh, it's like... And even in know, other sports. Right. I mean, the, I, I guess the bullshit answer would be the, the Whalers move, but that's not the same thing. It's just a relocation and a rebranding, yeah, of a fucking but, great team that would have won in Hartford yeah. had they stuck around for two years, in my opinion. I got some Connecticut friends who... Uh, fucking hate the hurricanes so oh, much I bet. and they were so pissed last year when they brought the whalers jerseys out as their alternate it made a lot of people mad actually yeah i think it's i think it was trashy i thought it was a terrible slap in the face and just like yeah you know, it's been yeah it's been 15 20 years those people aren't over it it's not like right. they got anything else right. there's no other hartford thing and it's just like i, I thought it was just pretend, like, honestly, the better move to do, the the more mature thing is to turn a blind eye and act like you didn't effing do that. But you well, did. just just kill the team and start a new team. Yeah, because which that they mean, did. Right. Yeah. But and for 20 years, I guess. And then they were like, okay, now it's time to pour some salt in the old wound. Yeah. Well, seeing as we're talking about things from the past, let's. I figured this episode we could do kind of a recap of this decade. Seeing as we've had a pretty good decade as far as um, Bruins go, Celtics have had a, a decent one. I think if if we're sticking to the Bruins and the Celtics, um, the Bruins have had the better decade. Unfortunately, Celtics haven't won a championship. But right, let's get into it. Let's let's get into it. I think a good way to do this. I don't know how you plan to do it. Um, I think a good way to do this is let's just go year by year. Let's start with 2010. 
and okay. uh, and go from there. And uh, so I'll, I'm sure you'll handle the Bruins end of this, and I'll handle the Celtics end of this dominantly. We'll both chime in on each part. But so okay. I'll start. I'll start with the with the Celtics in 2010. We go to the finals and uh, against the Lakers, and uh, I believe this is the season that Perk went down. Uh, it was either he went down or he was traded, and either way, we were not going to win without him. And it was kind of one of the last. We had a couple more years with, with KG and Paul and Ray Allen and the big three, but it was kind of signifying, you know, we won in oh eight, oh nine. Like I think was actually when Perk went down. It was like, oh, we can win this. And then in ten, Danny makes a very stupid trade, and it was just kind of like, I guess they're gonna do one. Like it's just I don't. I think at that point I I was starting to see it's just like it's just this is the this is the end of this. Yeah, I mean that that unfortunately you know it would have been nice to to pull that championship out there, but it didn't really work out how we all kind of envisioned it or wanted it to go. No, and you know I can't complain about that time. I mean, as much as as much as I would love another championship, it was pretty cool to be. You know, that age, finishing off high school, like entering early adulthood and having the Celtics and Lakers be the two most relevant franchises in sports. It's just what right. we heard about from our parents growing up the whole time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's never I, I know you you live out in L.A. now and it's you're still, you know, obviously still a Boston fan. It's never fun to lose to L.A. no matter what sport you're in. No, um, that one hurts. I would say the the biggest the biggest thing for the Bruins in 2010 was probably the Winter Classic at Fenway, uh, one of three Winter Classics we've had in this decade, which makes everybody else in the NHL pissed off. All the fans, I guess, they they cry that the Bruins get all the Winter Classics or Washington gets all the Winter Classics. It's because nobody else draws. You know, they have the big teams that draw, so they they get mad when it's Toronto or Montreal or Detroit. But those are the teams that draw. I'm very excited to see what happens with this uh, with this Winter Classic between Dallas and and Nashville um, to see if it bombs or if it doesn't. Uh, because apparently they've sold over eighty thousand tickets already. Who knows? But oh, damn. Anyways, That's Bruins a... Winter Classic. They pull out the win against the Flyers at Fenway um in overtime dramatic fashion the best always. the best winter classic i think we've had and i maybe that's complete bias but that was just it's not not us as a boston franchise i just think that was the best game i think it was the most entertaining yeah i mean you yeah. go to overtime you win it in overtime and at fenway of all places i mean it's just you couldn't really draw it up any better hated the jerseys that's those are my least favorite winter classic jerseys for sure i'm so glad they're gone <laughs> if anyone ever brings them back, I'm going to take them out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was probably the biggest, you know, the biggest Bruins uh, accomplishment or thing, you know, in 2010. And then, uh, so then I guess moving on to the the following season. So was was that 09 into 10? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. Okay, so maybe I'm a year ahead here. I mean, the next year wasn't too too bad. No. I think I think it was pretty good for the Bruins, actually. Yeah, you're looking at a uh, championship. I think. Yeah, that one was that one was helpful. 2011. Yeah, I think yeah. we went to Vancouver and we beat them in seven games. That was, yeah. you know, 
not not too shabby. Pretty sure I got on a I got on a train from uh from my uh apartment I was living in and uh went went, went right to Haymarket where uh, there was just a full on celebratory riot going on. That's I probably did, one of the I, I did the cool. same. I actually watched the game in the city because I think we couldn't link up. I think we tried. Yeah. And we just it was such a mess we couldn't find each other. Oh, it was crazy. People were there were so many people everywhere because it, it had been a long time since the Bruins had won. And I think so that's another thing. The Bruins win this in twenty eleven. Um not to skip ahead too much, but we make it two more times in, in the in the next you know, we make it in twenty thirteen. We yep. make it again in 2019, but I think 2011, you know, even if we had won in 2013, 2011, people wanted it more. People wanted, they were so much, so supportive of the Bruins. Um, it just seemed like something that everybody was all in on. You know, yeah, you, and it was, it was kind of the end of a certain brand of hockey. I mean, yeah. you had, we had Recky, we had Thornton, we had just all these, it was still big, bad Bruins, you know, yeah, Milan. Oh, they uh, were, they were, uh, a big team. They yeah. were tough. There's a whole list of players that you could go down the list, and the majority of them are tough that you would not want to go up against. I wish that we had one of those guys right now. Single one. Take Johnny Boychuk back in a heartbeat. Yeah. That's that guy. That's cool seeing him. I went to a super tangent. I went to Kings Islanders like a month and a half ago. and Awesome. awesome yeah, it's always Johnny fun to Boy watch him. Unfortunately, he scored against us the last game that we played. Um but it's kind of cool to see that Johnny Rocket from the from the blue line again. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, 2010-11 Celtics lost to the Lakers, as I mentioned. 11-12 is when we start falling off, and uh, we kind of do this with a, a bit of a full roster. Uh, basically, we we got, we we were 39 and 27, which was enough for fourth in the East, and which is pretty tough when you are still going with Rondo, Pierce, Garnett, and Ray Allen. This would be the final season Ray Allen would uh, stick it through with us, um, you know, after we were dropped in the semifinals by the Miami. He left for Miami, and uh, it was kind of signaling the beginning of the end. Right. Uh, yeah, because I think, what was it, the next year, 2013, everything basically changed. With the Celtics. Yeah. I mean, you had um, Paul Pierce, was that was his last season with the Celtics. Yeah, this is the trade, uh, which which in turn kind of sets up everything we're excited about right now. Right. Uh, it's, it's, it's the most impressive trade, I think, in NBA history. Um, I mean, that'll maybe that'll change at some point, but... Uh, Oh, I guess it was like a, another year up. No, this season, yeah. So after twenty twelve thirteen, the season would mark the end of Paul Pierce and Garnett as they were traded to the Brooklyn Nets, which netted us the bevy of first round picks that have since landed us Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I can't even. I couldn't even believe that trade when I heard about it. I was like, "There's no way that anybody, meaning the Nets, is willing to give up that for these two for for these guys." I mean. They are all-star. They're Hall of Fame players. Don't get me wrong, but they're also on the end of their careers. They are, and they had, and the Nets just had a, a remaining roster of people at the end of their careers, uh, with uh, Darren Williams and so on. 
and uh, I think they just thought if they and Joe Johnson, and I think if they they just thought if they could throw all these, you know, savvy vets together, they can do some damage against this absolutely absurd Miami Heat team. Yeah, absolutely absurd. Um, was was 2013 the same year that Brad Stevens came in? No, I believe he comes in of 14. Doc Rivers is still the coach, and then this season we trade Doc Rivers to the Clippers. Okay. <laughs> Trade Doc Rivers. I don't think people remember this. Doc Rivers was traded <laughs> to the yeah. Clippers. Um, we actually forget. made the playoffs this season, uh, the twelve thirteen season, pl- literally being just one game above five hundred at forty one and forty. Which this might have been a lockout year. I don't. That doesn't make any sense. We're, I think Wikipedia is missing a, a number. Anyways, uh, we finished third in the division, seventh in the Atlantic, and got bounced by the Knicks in the first round. The Carmelo Anthony Knicks. Ouch. Yeah. So, I remember being in college during this time, and it was like, okay, I guess we're, I guess we're here for the end of it. <laughs> well, while while all this is going on in 2013, the Bruins actually were doing pretty well. Uh, President's Trophy winners, 2013, which always old, seems to be a curse. The old jinx. Yeah, exactly. So. They win the President's Trophy. They look like they're going to lose uh, to Toronto in Game 7 until Bergeron is Patrice Bergeron and works his magic. They end up coming back. Um, you know, One of the games that I don't think I'll ever forget, I wasn't at this game, but watching it on TV, I remember watching it with a bunch of people in the apartment I was living in, and it was just crazy. I mean, they, yeah. they, they score... They start to come back. There's like that was, no. That's the happiest I've ever been when we lose, dude. That I, like I have no qualms with that series. We were never gonna win with Patrice Bergeron having a motherfucking broken rib, piercing his lung. <clears throat> oh, you're talking like, about the finals game. The yeah, fi- like the finals. Yeah. 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 Sorry. Uh-huh. Well, so the the funny thing is, like you know, we were trying to force a game six. So we lost in game five at home against uh, Chicago. Yeah. So we win that game, which we were supposed to. Um, we would have forced the game six, go back to Chicago, hope for the best. Bergeron, who's playing through everything possible, torn cartilage, separated shoulder, broken rib, you know, punctured lung, all this stuff that I don't even understand how that guy was standing up, let alone playing hockey. Um, I think that they had even said, you know, if you make it to the next game, you're not playing. You're going to the hospital, and that's it. Like that, you're not. You're just not playing because you could potentially die. I mean, how, yeah. I can't. I can't imagine breathing with a punctured lung, let alone no. playing hockey, going up and been, down the ice. I hear breathing with broken ribs sucks enough. That too. And then imagine somebody just crashing into you. A lot. Yeah. I think I'm good. I'm. I'm set. He's, so, he's the toughest man. He's my favorite athlete ever. Unfortunately, we didn't quite get the, the result that we wanted. Um, we made it to the finals yet again with the President's Trophy, but that wasn't the turnout that we that we wanted. But we kind of took a little bit of a down downward um, or a step back, I should say, the next couple of years because we got rid of a couple of players. We couldn't re-sign some players. Um, retirement. Retirement, things like that. And, you know... We kind of coasted for a little bit until we're now on the upswing again with where we stand. So, 2013 was a good year, not exactly the, exactly the result that we wanted. 13-14 for the Celtics was Brad Stevens' first year as head coach. Okay. Uh, 
<clears throat> we had one draft pick. It was round one, pick 16. A guy named Lucas Noguera, who I don't think played a single minute in the NBA. <laughs> uh, trade Paul Pierce, Garnett, and Jason Terry to the Brooklyn Nets in the offseason. Rondo returns from an ACL injury, and he's named the team captain. That's pretty interesting. Uh, the way they put it is that Doc Rivers was allowed out of his contract to coach the Clippers, but we were given a 2015 unprotected, unprotected first-round pick as compensation. This team is terrible. <laughs> terrible. Just l- running down the list. We had Gerald Wallace from the trade who never played for us. We had... Uh, Kim Kardashian's ex, Chris Humphreys on the team, uh, <laughs> Kelly, Kelly the Clinic Olenek, uh, Brandon Bass was seeing his way out of the league, Jared Bayless, who just played for 12 different teams, was there, Avery Bradley, Jeff Green, just a bunch of a bunch of whoever's. Uh, tough season. No one expects anything out of the season. We finished 12 in the conference at 25 and 57. Uh, I don't think anyone was really expecting much, and, uh, you know, it, it was it was definitely a it was it was as expected um i think you know there's obviously this is a long 10 years is a long time so i think that there's a couple things that i want to just touch on instead of going too far into detail on a, on a lot of this stuff because there's been so much that it's going to be hard for us to cover everything um so I want to say in this time frame from 2013 to, to now, uh, we've got a new coach. We've got a new GM. We have made it to the finals another time. Um, we've made it to two more winter classics. Uh, one at Gillette, which we don't talk about, yeah. against Montreal. And one at Definitely Notre don't talk Dame. about how much money I spent on tickets for that. Dude, I wish I didn't spend any money on tickets to that one. Yikes. But anyways, new GM, new coach. Everything seems to be going pretty well from there. Um, We had Claude Julian. Obviously, he was relieved of his duties and went back to the enemy. It was his second time being the head coach of this team, of of Montreal. Um, And from what I was reading, it, the reason that he's the coach again is because there's very few coaches in the league – that speak fluent French. And that is like a requirement to be the head coach of, of Montreal. Yeah, that's that's funny. So I mean, that makes a lot of sense. He's, he's got a lot of different press he has to talk to at the end of that. I mean, he is, he is a great coach. Don't get me wrong. So I, I'm not surprised that they picked him up again. They literally fired their coach when he became available just so they could re-sign him. Yeah. Um, I think I... But... So within that time, we've made some trades. Like you said, we've had some retirements. We've had some 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 people um, just not work out, really. And we've also, like I said, went back to the finals. So skipping ahead a little bit, we'll go. We'll, we'll talk about you know the Bruins last year. We didn't have a team that we thought we we're gonna we we're gonna make the finals here in 2019. So. The fact that we actually made it with the team that we have is a great, you know, thing to look forward to for the next few years. Um, I think we could have won that game, something that really, or won won that game in that series. But what really sticks out to me for one major Boston moment, I think, is when, you know, when Chara came back after that broken jaw to play the next game. 
Yep. That was something that I, I never would have expected him to come back. I never would have no. expected him to play as many minutes as he played. And, and he, put, he put like 20 up, right? He was just a monster. Over 20? Yeah. Oh. So, that to me, that's one of the major things in the last 10 years that sticks out. I mean, he's he's been kind of a rock for us on the back end. Um, we can never really... We we would never really get to where we wanted to be without Chara, and the stuff that he's done for this team. I agree, I completely agree. Uh, you know, last year was tough, but this year looks good. I didn't like losing last year. I didn't think we should have lost last year. Me either. As much as as much as as much credit as as much to give credit where credit is due to that Blues team, especially turning around from the worst team in the league at this time last year at the end of at the end of twenty eighteen. Right. That's I, <clears throat> we shouldn't. That, that series should have been won. And I don't mean to jump around too too much because that's you know there are so many different things, and I know that we have some other Celtics things to talk about. Um, so one thing that I assume that you're going to mention and that I think that needs to be addressed here is that Isaiah Thomas game too. Yeah. So I'm gonna just to I'm gonna do my speed through to the to the present. Uh, right here so i told you 2013 2014 25 and 57 this this would be the worst season brad stevens has as a coach which is fucking ridiculous when you look at what he did with what he had going forward 14 15 we draft marcus smart six overall we finished second in the division at 40 40 and 42 brad stevens makes the playoffs as a seven seed we get bounced thereafter but that's still an absurd thing to do he had jordan crawford who is not in the league anymore? <laughs> w- like was like a borderline all star this year. A uh, lot of different trades made. Um, we get Jay Crowder uh, from the Rondo trade. Jameer Nelson never really pans out. Just a lot of different moving parts. We get Tayshawn Prince, and who doesn't really play? We get Austin Rivers. So we have the R- Doc's son now. Just a really weird year, but we make the playoffs despite all of it. And you know, Trader Danny's doing Trader things for sure. Then the following year we and then at the actually I'm sorry at the end of that year I believe we acquired Isaiah, um, and he shows some cool things down the stretch, and so then you start fifteen sixteen with, uh, with a full on Isaiah. It was the first time he was voted to play in the All Star game. Uh, Isaiah Thomas was. Uh, we finished second in the division, fifth in the East, and I believe we go on. This isn't. This is. We're still one year out from the the uh, game two year, but you know we showed we showed we could hang. We're bounced in the first round by the Hawks in a four two loss. Then sixteen seventeen, this is the year where, I mean, this just solidifies Isaiah Thomas is one of the greatest Celtics of all time, and I don't care how little time he spent here, and I don't care how many championships he didn't win. We draft Jalen Brown, number three overall, and this team not only is number one in the division, is number one in the conference with just scrappers. 53-29 and 29 with Avery Bradley, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Jay Crowder, Terry Rozier, Marcus Smart, Isaiah Thomas, and then change, just loose change from there. That's that's That team today isn't, isn't very good in this NBA, let alone when those guys were all of, you know, a reputable age or however you but, want to put it but those are the teams you like to root for i mean oh you, you want to root for the underdog you want them to pull it out if they do if they win it all it's just that much more satisfying 
you know, it was you, satisfying to see them get to the East. Right. Exactly. They got because they they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and yeah, the Cavs had their goddamn way with us, absolutely. But you know, the the, the what Isaiah Thomas did after the death of his sister uh, is is nothing beyond like the pure reason of why we watch sports. Uh, I just think that just putting everything on your back and putting it all on the line and putting your absolute heart and soul out there is, is what it's all about. And I think that's what it's all about to be a Boston athlete. Uh, but especially, you know, just an athlete in general. And, uh, the, the 16, 17 playoffs, I just, they're, they're, that team, I miss that team. And after the Kyrie shit, I miss that team. And I'm not not happy with where we are now. I love where we are now, but like, it'd be fucking really cool to see Isaiah Thomas and Green at one point again, even as he's not not the not the man he used to be. Yeah, to be honest, I wasn't you know, as a casual fan, I wasn't exactly happy to see it end the way that it did. Um, it I didn't think that the after all that he had kind of done for the team. I know that sports are very um how do i put it they don't you know there's not a whole lot of loyalty anymore so yeah you know they got rid of him it was it was what it was but i kind of felt like it could have gone a different way but there's only so much yeah. you can do and also yeah. everybody kind of expected him to fall off nobody thought that he could keep playing the way that he was playing and he had those potential injuries or lingering problems that everybody was worried about yeah, but, playing through playing through a hip for the sake of the team, only right. to get traded away. I mean, we we did him wrong. We did yeah. him bad. Uh, you know, the uh, fans loved him, and he loved being here too. Yeah. So then the uh, so then that off season we trade we do the Kyrie trade. Um, it's like a, it's a weird feeling because it's like shit. I don't know if we're supposed to like how do I okay? I guess I'm a Kyrie fan now. Like here we go. Yeah. And uh, you know. Gordon Hayward breaks his leg in the first minutes of the game. Kyrie Irving goes down for the rest of the series at one point. Uh, we still finish 55-27, and 27, which is enough for second in the division and second in the Eastern Conference. And somehow, we almost are a game away from playing the Warriors in the finals this year. I, I think I blacked out this year. <laughs> Just... <laughs> I don't re- I don't remember being a, ga- a game away from the finals and like I feel like every time it's brought up on television I'm like oh yeah like like I don't really recall but that's what happened uh I was going through a little bit of a personal stuff on that end and uh you know I was really looking forward to this season and I uh, just needed it as a distraction for my life uh outside of like some personal bullshit I was dealing with and then uh Gordon breaks his leg <laughs> So I, so me and Beer became really good friends. <laughs> so Dude, I don't, that, that I don't was, remember finishing. That was a horrifying game injury. away. It was horrifying, horrifying, and I was looking so, so much forward to this team as a distraction. And then Kyrie goes down, and it's obnoxious. But this is when we get the glimmer, and this is when we see for the first time that hey, maybe Jalen Brown and at the time rookie Jason Tatum can do something here, right. And then that pretty much gets us up to last year. Uh, just awful. I'm, I just, I don't know, just an, an annoying. Like we made it to the conference semifinals. We lost. We got whooped by the Bucks. Uh, Kyrie doesn't look like he wants to be there at all. And uh, you, you know, pretty much everyone knows he's ready to walk. And here we are now. We got Kemba Walker. 
We had an amazing draft with Romeo Langford, Grant Williams, Carson Edwards, and Tremont Waters all putting in numbers. Not to mention Taco Fall. Ooh, not even a draft time. pick. An undrafted free agent. Uh, we're currently first in the division. We're third in the East. It's just the future is bright. It's been ups and downs, but the biggest the biggest swing is Brad Stevens. That was the biggest gamble to take, and Danny probably didn't even think of it as a gamble. He thought of it as surefire. It's this, this dude out of Indiana who's coaching, who literally never played the sport beyond Division Three basketball, literally started as a coach who wouldn't get paid on a Division Three basketball team, worked his way up to be the head coach of Butler, coaching Gordon Hayward to lose to Kemba Walker on a buzzer beater in the NCAA championship finals. And now he has both of them on his team. And uh, I don't know. It's cool. It's a cool trajectory. We keep, I think we got a little karma for the Kyrie shit, um, but we also seem to keep surviving bad karma with good karma in certain ways that I don't really understand. Um, But I'm in love with this team. I'm excited for the future of this team. And uh, we just need to, we just need to figure out the center position, I think, is really our only glimmer. So do you feel like this team is kind of one piece away from being a finals contender? It, uh, But I don't get how to get that piece. Yeah. And, like, you hear, like, oh, Steven Adams. I like Steven Adams. I don't want to trade anybody on our roster for him unless they want Shemi Oljale and, like, Enos Canner. Like I, I don't, I don't want to drop Gordon. I want to see Gordon through, even though we're paying him so much money. Dude, nobody's uh, taken anyone named Shemi or Anus. Yeah. <laughs> so we're screwed. We're fucked. Uh, and they're definitely not taking Tice. Um, I would love. There's, there's four guys on this team. I'd be okay with getting rid of. None of them are trade bait. Uh, it's just, I, I think. I think we're gonna have to sign somebody. I don't, I don't like any of the moves. Everybody who, everybody who gets in business with us, the first name they drop out of their mouth is Jalen Brown, which last year was a name you could kind of drop and have Danny maybe say, "All right, I'll call you back." Yeah. And now, now Danny's hanging up the phone. Right. Like, well, like we talked about last week on how he's shut up every hot take sports writer in Boston, which is something no one does. Like, no one can have the hot take maybe Jalen Brown isn't worth the contract we gave him because he's so clearly worth the contract we gave him. Right. Uh, Tatum is, uh, I, I, I gotta be honest, I get frustrated with his shooting woes, but he's, he's legitimate. He's the, he's a future all-star. He, his ceiling I think is even bigger than that. And, um, he's still a young player. You gotta, he's gonna have ups and downs and, yeah. but he's ha he has more ups than downs. It seems like a hundred percent. I mean, a thousand percent. And, you know, Kemba, I think, is really the guy that Kyrie could never be. Um, just in terms of a, a locker room vibe. Is Kemba Walker a better point guard? Is a better raw, talented player, better ball handler? No, he's not. Kyrie Irving's a freak of nature. But I think your talent only goes to a certain point and your leadership goes twice as far. And I think Kemba Walker can be that leader. And he could step up or he can sit back. But he's just he's just happy to be there, and he wants to make everyone around him better. And I heard the same thing out of e- Enos talking about Enos. <laughs> uh, Enos had a had an interview the other day talking about he was telling people to vote for Jalen and and Jason, and he was talking about how th- when they're on the floor, they just want to they just make it they want to make everyone around them better. Yeah. And I mean, what the hell more can you ask for out of a twenty one and twenty two year old 
like just studs and I, I, I truly find I, I really like to think outside of a bias they both deserve to be on the all-star team this year I just they, they're just playing out of their minds I tend to agree with you on stuff like that so I I mean it the future looks bright oh yeah it's shining for the Celtics and I think for the Bruins as well I think the Bruins the scariest thing we got around the corner is the uh, inevitable demise of Chara uh, that won't be followed too far behind by Bergeron we just got some old guys we got some nice you got new guys and young guys coming in but you know yep some of our best players are uh are looking at the door yeah I get nervous you know about the Bergeron thing because for me I think he could either play two more years or he could play five more years or yeah. you, you never know because yeah when he when he you think that he's on the decline he scores six goals in three games Right. So it's really hard to tell with him. I mean, the guy's won four Vesnas in the last ten years. I, I mean, not Vesnas, Selkie. Sorry, I wish that he won four Vesnas. Right. Yeah. That'd be, um, that'd be something else. <laughs> but it's just like you, you, it's hard to tell with that guy. He's such a star player, and even when he's not playing at an elite level, his leadership and whatnot is kind of it's something that we can't be without. You know, especially you got to think like. What happens if Chara leaves and then the next year Bergeron leaves because he has to he has to because of injury? Then who right. do we have for leaders? Marshan? Yeah, Brad's uh <laughs> as mu- as as mature as Brad is these days, he's uh he, he shouldn't have anything beyond an A. Right, exactly. I totally agree. And you know, Bergeron's never had beyond the A. I I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens. I mean, the next decade is probably going to be pretty interesting for for both teams. I hope that we get you know, obviously we want as many championships as possible, but I hope we get at least to see one from each. Me too. And I think we can in the next five years. Uh, but the other thing about these sports that we care about and we watch, at the beginning of the decade, they were a lot more top-heavy. And uh, I'm not complaining in the sense that the, it's, the fields are a lot more even now. Yeah. Uh, and that's that bowls, that goes both in our favor and against our favor. But I think that's what makes title towns really shine when the leagues are more leveled out. You know, it's easy to it's easy to win in these team in these sports where you can pay for championships. Uh, not that I would take any of our Boston Red Sox banners back, um, but you know, there's something to be said about winning in the NBA and the NHL that I think is a little more difficult and a little different than the NFL and the MLB. I would agree. I mean, obviously, it seems like baseball. It's every every year you have a shot. I mean, nobody expected the Red Sox to win in 2013, but they did. Right. So every year you kind of know if we don't think that the Bruins are going to win then they're probably not. I mean, we had a good team last year. That's why we made it to the finals. But it takes a lot to be a questionable team and actually win it all. I mean, I guess that's kind of what happened with the Blues last year. How do you go from worst to first in the same season? But it's like hockey and basketball seem to be really tough to win without a really good team. Yeah. And it seems really tough to win with all these good teams around now. Yep. So, because even like, especially hockey's one where even when you're at, that's what, this is what makes playoff hockey the best, the best thing to watch in sports is just, you know, is the President's Trophy curse? Whereas in the NBA, you know, if there was such thing as the President's Trophy, whoever's the best team in the league is usually a surefire fit for the finals. Right. No one, no one in the last five years was wondering. If when the Warriors were at the top of their game, if someone could bounce them in the West, 
everyone was fast forwarding through the Western Conference. Yeah, pretty much playoffs. Like, like who can possibly maybe beat them in the East is what everyone's looking at. Yeah, because, because exactly. they don't do that it's, team. Was it's scary. like it's like maybe LeBron. Yeah, it's whoever's it's it, and that's what it was. It was whatever team LeBron's on versus whoever. And uh, you know now we got LeBron in the West, and we got an Eastern Conference that doesn't get enough credit for how strong it is, in my opinion. Uh, you know the Sixers are the real deal in terms of players. I think they actually gonna have they're gonna have to get rid of somebody, and uh, they're only in fifth right now. You know, and what's to say about Giannis? And then look at look at the Mavericks who were set to not make the playoffs this year, and now they're second in the West or third. It's just insane, and you have these you know, you have generation defining players coming out at their at their ready, whether the league's ready or not, to just completely shift the game. Well, and that's the other thing too that's going to be interesting to see over again the next decade. I mean, you have players like like all these young guys that are coming in, Giannis and Tatum, and all these other star players that are just at the beginning. You know, you're going to yeah. see them for the next 10 years. Yeah. So and Europe is, is clearly leading for the next 10 years, you know? Yeah. These are two European guys. It's it's crazy. I can't remember the last time, you know, I don't know if there was ever a time where European guys were the top of the game. You know, Luca, Luca and Giannis are the two players of the next 10 years. That's just it. Well, I mean, you, I mean, there's. I'm sure there's other people in that conversation, but yeah. they are they are one and two, and they are to be unseated. Yeah, you see the same thing kind of with hockey too. There, a lot of players are coming out of Europe now, and a lot of players aren't just coming from Canada. There's a ton of yeah. stars coming out of, you know, the U.S. too. I mean, you look at Eichel, and a lot, which of, is nice. It's nice to have America catch up because there was a, there's still a lot of ground to cover for us. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm like I said, I'm excited to see what happens over the next five ten years and hopefully we can pull a championship out of something you know yeah 100 percent. i think we got it i think we're in for it yeah i think we got a fun season ahead for you and i for the rest of 2020 to see these two teams through definitely um i'm glad we're not going to touch on the patriots because we're not going to touch on the patriots nope hopefully we can talk about the patriots in a month or so still yeah yeah but we'll see yeah Knock on every piece of lucky wood in your entire house. <laughs> yeah. That's all I got to say about that. Well, all right, brother. I hope you have a great new year, man. We've had a good decade. I'm excited for the next one. Yeah, me too, man. I hope you have a good one. All right, brother. All right.